Not many Indigenous youth are aware of their own identity. Addictions that come with it because people just want to forget and not have to remember the things they went through. Like To educate and tell people who don't really know about it, who are willing to open their minds and learn, those are the ones that are going to make a change. Teach kids respect, to respect each other, respect themselves and respect the everything around them. This is Michelle Lamb from Leaning In and Speaking Out, a podcast hosted by Brandon University's CARES Research Centre. This podcast is part of a special series on social justice in education, conducted by students in Gustavo Mora's class called Schools as Complex Spaces. Jackie and I would like to extend our heartfelt thanks to Gustavo, his students, and their guests, who are having crucial conversations about what it means to educate within contexts like the climate crisis, racism, addictions, and more. Thank you, and enjoy the show. For our podcast presentation, we're doing racism that Indigenous people face within classrooms as well as in society, and our guest is Tori. Tori, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Tori Sinclair. I'm current first year student at Brandon University. I am a mature student. I was I'm 28 years old and I was um, a mature student as well when I graduated high school, which was in 2016. And then I went on to college and graduated that in 2017. And I Worked for the last few years. My last job before coming back to school was working as an EA in Grand Rapids, Manitoba. And from there, that's where I decided I wanted to come to university and get my uh, Bachelor of Education. So why we chose this topic is that this has been an ongoing issue and has been seen so many times. Being an upcoming teacher myself, I know it is important to notice the racism before it gets too out of hand and address the issues to make everyone feel as safe and comfortable as they can. Personally, I have seen it throughout my school in a small town, Saskatchewan. Some of the various kinds of racism that kids are faced with in school are verbally being threatened or targeted directly to their faces with no other reason than hurtful comments. Psychological racism, which is usually described as prejudice or direct toward direct hates towards the aboriginal culture social isolation which is being purposely left out of certain activities by others and systematic racism which is usually brought on by people who have the same dislikes as another in this case it may be the children overhearing the parents talk down on race so as a teacher what is a strategy you use to try and eliminate the in-class racism towards your indigenous students being mindful of the many diverse kinds that they face, including verbal, psychological, social isolation, and systematic racism. Well, one of the strategies I believe would work best to try and eliminate the in-class racism towards Indigenous students would be to teach all the students about Indigenous culture and the history as well, and not just Indigenous to, like, um, other cultures, because, you know, it is a diverse country and there are different cultures all over and it would be a good start to somehow incorporate these cultural and historical teachings with subjects like social studies, history, English, and whatever else it could be squeezed in with like, and it could start from an early, early grade. It doesn't have to be till you wait till you get to high school. 
like I feel like this should be starting right from grade one, maybe even kindergarten, you know, just something to do with like coloring and showing the appropriate ways to embrace Indigenous culture and the history behind Canada. Like, for example, to, to start off, like, talking about Canada, we can talk about the Indigenous people of Canada being the first on this land that we all call Canada now, and then how the British and British English folks came over and then talk about their culture, and then we could talk about the French, because the French also came over, and then so on, the more different ethnicities that came through, like, that are here to this day. We could talk about all those different cultures and just getting as much in as possible, making it a fun learning experience because of course kids like to have fun <laughs> and then having a, like a cultural theme of the week or something like that doesn't have to be too big, but just enough to get that knowledge into these students and like inviting speakers from whatever community you're in, if anyone's willing to volunteer their time just to speak about their culture, tell stories, just somehow incorporating that within the within the subjects that would be worked on. Definitely. And as a non-Indigenous teacher, where do we find resources and trustworthy information about Indigenous cultures for that first of all i believe you would have to um this is going to be going into another um discussion but going like taking native studies courses just knowing the history first of all which is something that is going to be um that is going to be mandatory soon so that would be a good start but to get more into depth of the cultural knowledge speaking to elders having the asking for like help with knowing these different kind of cultural practices that's why i also included the having a volunteer come in once a week or something somebody who comes from that background to talk about it and there's different places you could find these kind of people like you know they have like for indigenous people you have the friendship center stuff like that where you can go and start talking to people getting to know people and just you know having respect is the main thing respect for others respect for yourself and then respect for the culture it would show a lot and i'm pretty sure you wouldn't have too much of a hard time finding somebody for backing this question up i have is there a lot of diverse ways racism can be shown it may be hard to figure out which one is being used having a talk with your students to educate them on other races and the values they hold. And then how do you think racism can impact students' performance in schools? Do you personally believe that racism can have an impact on school attendance for these students? And if you noticed poor attendance for one of your students, would you be able to link it to racism? Okay. Racism towards Indigenous students has an impact. Like It's very visible and it's a negative impact because you know being trying to go to school and having other kids calling you down and making you feel like you don't belong or you're unworthy of being there or even existing for example like it'll affect your self-esteem and then you know you don't feel like you belong in a school you'll get discouraged from coming to school or participating in any activities such as sports or just in class, you know, speaking up when 
the teacher asks the question because it's not just other students, it's teachers too that have this issue of being racist towards other people. And, and then um, when you don't, you know, when you have that barrier of having racist classmates or racist teachers, your grades start getting lower because no matter what you're doing, like you're always thinking about you don't belong. You feel like you don't belong. And then, you know, once your grades are low, what's the point of going to school? Dropout rates start happening. And the dropout rates are pretty high right now for Indigenous students especially. And then, but then like, I'm not trying to make a positive out of um, racism, but the rare cases of racism, the only positive impact is when you meet with one of the like stronger students, the more resilient students who are fully aware of their identity and they embrace it. Those are the students who will fight to make change and who go against the odds. They'll do whatever they can to like to prove racist wrong. And like, that's the problem though, going back to teaching because not many indigenous youth are aware of their own identity. And this is like due to the assimilation that the government has perpetrated towards Indigenous people through their uses of the Indian residential schools, as well as through the child welfare system. Like it's just, it's just kind of like an ongoing thing that needs to be addressed, and I think is getting addressed with the TRC. So hopefully, these calls to actions will be put in place soon. Yeah. Student who has regular attendance might give off their impression that the student enjoys the atmosphere at school and enjoys being around other classmates. Having poor attendance might mean that the student doesn't like school, but doing further research, you might come across that the student has bad history with other classmates or does not feel as safe in school as they should. Cultural marginalization can be a massive impact on the students being absent. In this case, if a student attends an off-reservation school where they may feel outcasted, it is important as a teacher to find the problem and resolve it. Being safe at school is a huge deal and is it's especially important for good grades as well as finding the issue within the classroom as it may be happening to more than one person. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, that's um, there's so many different things that could be though because especially coming from like an Indigenous perspective and not knowing really what goes on at home, like the social issues that we face are all from the intergenerational trauma that's been passed down. It still continues to happen. And yeah, just not really knowing because I know personally I've had students who, you know, had to stay up all night. They just don't want to go to school because they're tired and they'd rather sleep, which is totally understandable because kids need their sleep. But they were up all night, you know, because they were keeping their siblings or something like that. Like... There's other deeper issues and it's not always easy to find, but trying to find the issue and having to resolve it is like a really complex thing. And it's, um, I don't know, I can't, I don't want to say this, but it's almost like you can't always have CFS involved because that just could make things way worse sometimes but to try to have some um intervention with the parents or parent that might be a helpful thing 
but even that could be difficult to try to do because some parents just don't even bother. All I can think of is just trying to make your classroom a safe place for your students, a place where they want to go, where they would like to be, where they feel comfortable, like, you know, not scared, not worried, but deep down some students may still be having those things in the back of their mind, like worrying about when they have to go home and stuff like that. But that's all I could think of for that. Like it's a really complex situation. I can't just put finger on it right now because it's like you have to actually experience it first and to be able to to be able to try and resolve that. Like I said, just making a student comfortable and the classroom a happy place for them to be able to be themselves and be comfortable. I think that's one of the main things. Yeah. Is there any way um, you could, you would resolve that? Is there some way you would try to do that? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I think just kind of, it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to like resolve it because you don't know what's happening behind, like what's happening other than like when you're not at school, you don't know what anybody else is facing. But other than that, I don't know what would be a good way to resolve it or without making situations worse. But would you be able to elaborate on intergenerational trauma and how do we see that today? Intergenerational trauma comes from the um, impacts of the Indian residential school, the uh, institutions, I wouldn't even call them schools. But to have people deliberately break down your culture and your identity is very, like, psychologically, you know, messes with your brain and your values and your, just your existence, I guess, your questioning of your own existence and your own identity, then, you know, to explain how it could happen is like having your family that has gone through this, that has had their identity taken from them and their cultural beliefs taken from them and told that they were like, you know, not good, they're bad, they're the devil's work or whatever they would call it <laughs> to have that. And then, you know, there's no Indian residential schools anymore, but there's still the survivors that came out of it who have these issues that still linger with trouble showing love to their family and with the abuses they've been put through. And passing that on, because, you know, a lot of the abuses that happened were when they were kids. And you think when you get older, like, nobody's going to do that to you now because you're older. So why don't, like, you got to make sure of it. So you start doing that to other people. And it's just, you know, the cycle of also the addictions that come with it because people just want to forget and not have to remember the things they went through like everything and then the things you do when you're either drunk or high like you don't realize these the damaging causes that you 
put on others like that just keep going down to the next generation then you see the next generation come up and say oh well my my parents weren't there for me like they didn't show me love they didn't care for me but you know so now i'm just gonna why should i do that like it's 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 a cycle that keeps happening but it's starting to break slowly because we're starting to have more cultural awareness of our identities and it's being brought forth more with the whole TRC the truth and reconciliation commission like with all of that coming out now and having these mandates of people taking indigenous studies courses like it's helping cuz for me personally like 2 years ago i was completely lost i didn't know who i was and i'm just starting to find that out now and it's helping me so much because i was in a bad place like i was i had addictions too and i had you know uh, i was spiritually lost i believed in nothing because i didn't know what to believe in cuz yeah like what i was taught was what my mom was taught from day schools and they're not that good <laughs> and to be a kid to be a child and being told like you need to do this you need to do that this is how you're supposed to live like it's it's completely damaging but now that i'm older and it took me what 27 years to finally start finding out my own identity it's really helped a lot and i see a lot of people are doing that now and going down like this sober road just staying away from the the stuff that's damaged our people it's helping a lot and that's one of the things like intergenerational trauma is starting to kind of you know stop but it's still there and it's still like very 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 real i don't everything that's happened everyone that's like everything around me that's happened that's bad has come from that and i can see it it always leads right back to that mm-hmm. i couldn't imagine what goes through do you do you trust that native studies courses can critically and accurately address indigenous realities well i'm currently in my first native studies course and i really enjoy it and the people who are in it seem to really enjoy it as well and are learning a lot but of course there are some people who will refuse to believe that any of it is true but it i guess it's hard to change people's minds and you know if if they're already set in their ways then that's on them that's not on anyone else but to to educate and tell people who don't really know about it who are willing to open their minds and learn those are the ones that are going to make a change cuz they'll start being more people out there who know these issues and who are willing to help and you know be a voice for people who can't talk who haven't been able to talk and that's what i enjoy about the native studies course there's a lot of students in my class who you know they've heard about this but never really gotten educated on it just heard about it and they've heard their different sides like the one-sided story so I, having education or native studies courses is really helpful in a sense that a lot more people today are open-minded than they were 
before. <laughs> My first year of university, I took a native studies course and like being from a small town, you don't realize like it just like open a whole new chapter. Like you, I learned so much that I would never have learned from being where I'm from. So. Yep. That's one of the things that's one of the, um, issues is a lot of people say like oh I'm from a small town I never heard of this before like I've heard of it a little on the news but I've never like known in depth about this and that's exactly why I believe these native study courses are or should be mandatory for everyone absolutely so looking into the realities of school today what do you think should be incorporated at schools to help raise awareness about racism against indigenous people well we're in canada one of the most diverse countries and home of you know indigenous people that's one right there that should explain itself but like explaining in the other question there about incorporating these teachings into the curriculum somehow like it would be good to have um cultural weeks you know where you get these stories give background on the history the real history not not the textbook history that we have still to this day because i was in working in grade five last year and i saw the textbook <laughs> so that's and another thing um Having Native studies be mandatory to complete before college or university, because right now they're making it, they're making it mandatory for um, university students, undergrads, and college, from what I heard anyways. And um, having that be done before you get to, before, before getting to university and before getting to college this needs to be done this needs to be done like i said from as early as grade one because students start dropping out in grade eight before they even get to high school personally i dropped out when i was in grade 10 but i was already missing a lot of school and it's not that i didn't like i didn't have um you know parents who weren't there for me my parents used to make sure I got up and like drop me off right at the front door just to get me there. But it was mostly like once my dad started working more and I was able to like, you know, get up in the morning with him and then say, I'm going to go to school. But then I would just go lay down and go back to sleep because, you know, I was a loner. I didn't like being in school. I, I went to school in um, Norrie House, which is where I'm from. And, you know, it's not there. Like it's, it's an indigenous based school. The more rare was to see other races other than indigenous. And even that needs to be um, needs. That's why I say involve all other cultures, because like personally, I know indigenous students too can be racist. I mean, you're getting talked down to about it, like in the news all the time, of course, you're going to have some new, like Indigenous kids seeing that and be like, well, they don't like us. Why don't they like us? Well, I'm not going to like them then. Like, you know, it starts from an early age. And, you know, when you're young, you can think like, well, if you don't like me, then I don't like you. You know, you have that little pettiness <laughs> when you're when you're a kid. <laughs> so things like that, like I said, just 
Because right now, I think in BC, from what I, if I'm uh, remembering properly, they're having their high school now have a Native Studies course mandatory to graduate, which is a good first step. Like, but like I said, it should be done before high school. It should be done. It should be done while they're in grade school. Like, it's something that starts at an early age, especially with kids when their minds are so moldable. It's just teach kids respect to respect each other, respect themselves, and respect like everything around them, the earth, and just have that good like sense of educating them every year you know, as like a constant kind of like a reminder and just stuff like that. Like that's one of my main things, incorporating the seven sacred teachings, which are all very good virtues that everyone should have. And my main one is respect because I believe every student should be respected and every student should respect their peers, their teachers, their selves and everything else around them how do you think your education is preparing you to address indigenous knowledges in your classroom um growing up like i'm from a small town so i never really learned much about it until i came to university and i've learned like just moving places like in brandon like there's so many diverse cultures around me like compared to like my 900 people in my town and I think that moving away gets you like prepared because you're seeing more stuff and you're yeah so I think that doing the classes and even just like listening like listening to you right now I'm like learning so much like so many new things I'm like wow but I think just basically taking the time and learning and then yeah do you think that you would ever um relocate yourself to a reserve to go get some teaching experience there I believe I would honestly it's like it would be new and like so many people can say things like about reserves or like about indigenous people but they don't know what is actually going on like just different areas I guess I don't know how to say that yeah no that's 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 good I think because I think if you were to go teach in a reserve it would open up your eyes a lot more yeah. and you would get like firsthand experience you'd be able to take this experience you're getting in university to also teach that like in a reserve because you know like I said, I just started finding out about myself, my identity a year ago. And it took me 27 years and for me to move away from home to find this because my, my like where I come from, Nari House, when I was in school, there was no, hardly any cultural lessons. We had one, we, like we had one native studies course. Everyone enjoyed it, of course. It's like land-based stuff, but other than that, there was, you know, we still had to stand up every morning, sing O Canada and say the Lord's Prayer. And this is like, but this was years ago. <laughs> and like I said, I asked you that question because, you know, I was in school 
I think from grade one, I remember my music teacher being there and she's still there to this day. Like she loves it over there. She's never left yet. There's a lot of teachers there that aren't from the community who just stayed there. Like they just love it there. I don't know. And I feel like some people might end up getting that. Um, how do you say it? Um, attachment to these students and to the schools, which now I think is really good because more students, more university students are learning about the native studies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you mind elaborating on like explaining what the seven sacred teachings are? All right. The seven sacred teachings. We have respect. It's under the, uh, the Buffalo. And then we have truth, which is under the turtle as well. And we have love, which is under the eagle. We have honesty, which is um, under Sasquatch, Sabe, we call him. <laughs> and there's humility, which is under the wolf teachings and wisdom under the beaver and courage which is from the bear like these are all the way these are incorporated are really good stepping stones for kids to learn at an early age because you know you could have well what's the seven sacred teaching of the week we're going to talk about and you know there's buffalo the buffalo and we can learn about the buffalo. We can do colorings and drawings of the buffalo and stuff like that. Like just things like that. You could start at an early grade. You can. You can incorporate it into different teaching lessons. But, you know, that's one of the things we do is like learn about. And like I said, respect is the number one that I always want to incorporate I feel like having respect they all blend in together you know to be truthful just to you know remain faithful to the laws that were given to us from the creator and then to be honest it's the same thing but like just being honest with yourself to those around you and humility you know just being humble for everything never taking things for granted just being grateful for this like life that we have the world the earth that we're living on you know that's where it all comes to respect to to respect yourself is like to love yourself respect the earth is to be humble and then like respecting other people to be honest and then you know once you get all that then you, the wisdom comes in start having more of a knowledge of what's going on around you even though you could be really young I like that that's very interesting um do you have anything else you'd like to share personally not that I could think of right now Thank you for doing the podcast and yeah, it was very interesting hearing 
your views and there's um like i mentioned the racism too coming from indigenous students there's that and there's the racism coming from staff and from other students towards indigenous students i think that we should have like um i don't know we need to stop turning a blind eye you know we're the new teachers coming into this like into teaching these days where it's becoming mandatory to have the native studies course and there's teachers that have been teaching for 10 20 years who have never had to do that and who are still you know blind to the fact that they might even be racist and they ignore it like you know just stop turning a blind eye if you see somebody being racist say something talk to them and i don't know offer them some education some might take that as offense but i mean don't be scared to offend someone who's being offensive to other people <laughs> to a whole group of people and yeah i don't know i feel like these mandatory courses that are coming in should be mandatory for those who are also teaching already like a lot of these online courses i can't see it being too hard for a teacher to take a course in the evening or something on native studies just i don't know after these many years of teaching some still have no idea that they're being racist or that the true history of canada like i said a lot of it's coming out now because because of the trc the truth and reconciliation commission and all the stories of the residential schools and what happened in them. Absolutely. Thank you for doing this with me and for taking your time to talk. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you very much for the opportunity. You've been listening to Leaning In and Speaking Out, a Research Connection podcast from Brandon University. For more episodes or to learn more about the BU Cares Research Centre, please visit our website at bucares.ca or you can come find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts.